Thank you guys for having me. Hope y'all having a good morning. Uh, we're excited to be here today. I'm sure you guys saw the activity up there with my children. Uh, they're a little antsy. So we just got back from Boise, Idaho. We took a trip out there to like Yellowstone and see some things. Um, and so they've been in a car for 72 hours out of the last 10 days. So they're ready to move. And um, I'm sorry you guys had to participate in that. Um, well, I'm excited to be here today. Like you said, my name is Brock Drum. I'm a student at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, I'm studying to get a, or a degree in pastoral ministry and preaching, and we're about done with it. We're excited to be done and excited where the Lord's going to take us next. And so if you will open up your Bibles to Psalm 131, I would love to just dig into this short psalm together. It's a super short psalm. But it's one of the sweetest psalms, and as Spurgeon said, it's one of the hardest ones to learn. Um, especially in our day and age with lots of noise and lots of activity, which we'll dig into. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read the psalm to you, we're going to pray, and then we're going to dig right in, okay? So Psalm 131, Psalm 131 says this, O Lord, my heart is not lifted up, my eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me, but I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Let's pray. God, you uh, speak to us through your word. You are a good God who cares for us. Father, you have always provided for us. You've always been faithful to us despite our unfaithfulness. Um, Father, despite our best efforts, we fall short daily. Some of us came in here with anxieties and guilt and frustration from, from the world around us, from the noise around us. Father, I pray that we would lay that at your feet and that we would rest our souls in you. Father, help us find contentment in you alone. Help us through this word. Um, to grow closer to you, and to become more like Christ. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. So, Psalm 131 is a beautiful psalm. It's one of the Psalms of Ascent. If you're familiar with the Psalms of Ascent, it's Psalm 120 to Psalm 134, and it was the Psalms that they would sing and that they would pray as they were journeying to Jerusalem for the three festivals. Um, They would make this treacherous journey through wilderness and, and through hard times with family and and sickness, and all kinds of things around them, but they would do this to reorient their hearts into worship with God, and that's what I hope it does today, because we live in an age of anxiety, and frustration, and endless activity. We're constantly distracted, and our attention is constantly being pulled in different directions, and this psalm is a break in that silence. This psalm is a is a person who actually has found contentment in God. He has found rest in God, In this psalm, we see someone who is different than what society has portrayed the person to be. It's someone who is fully at rest in the Savior. And so Psalm, let's dig into verse 1, because Psalm 131 is so beautiful with this verse. It says, O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. So the first thing this psalm talks about is that for us to have a calm and quieted heart, we must be humble before God. In the first part of the verse, he says, my heart is not lifted up. And he's talking about a heart that's proud. His heart's not proud. I don't know if you guys have ever seen a, a pond in the dawn of uh, day, like where it's just sitting there still. 
and just looked at that water and how peaceful it looks and how calm it is. But all it takes is a, is a gust of wind or a pebble thrown in there to just see the ripples come in. And much of that is like our hearts. And we have to ask ourselves today, are our hearts noisy this morning? Is your heart noisy from the distractions of the world? Is your heart noisy with pride and arrogance? Because pride is a disquieter of the soul. When we think we're better than other people, we often have a disquieted spirit about us. We become disquieted in our hearts, which doesn't allow us to be oriented in worship to God. And that's ultimately what our hope is, that our lives and our hearts and our minds and our actions and our strength will be oriented in a life that's full of worship to God. And on our journey of life, because we also are on a journey in this life, we are pilgrims in this world, this is not our home, we need to be reorienting our lives with this psalm. Like this psalmist, we want to be able to say, my heart is not lifted up. We want to be able to renounce our pride, to put it aside and give it to the Lord so that we can rest fully in him. The second part of humbling your heart before God is that his eyes are not raised too high. What he's referring to is that he doesn't look at other people and think he's better than them. He's let go of the comparison game, if you will. He's stopped comparing himself, that he's not good enough or he's better than everyone around them. I don't know if you've ever watched the movie Alice in the Wonderland, but if you've noticed, she's either too big or too small, always in a state of disorientation throughout the movie. And that's much how our lives are. We're either too big, we're too great for ourselves, or we're too small, and we're not good enough. God doesn't want us to live a life like that. It's not a life that leads to worship. It's not a life that leads to trust in God. The psalmist says that he has put that aside. We're talking about the king of Israel wrote this song. If you'll notice at the top, it says, this is a song of ascent, a song of David. Can you imagine the king of Israel is saying that his eyes are not lifted too high. He's not comparing himself to those around him and saying, I'm better than them, even though he is the king of the kingdom. Brothers and sisters, we worship a God, a faithful God, who loves you. You are a child of him, a daughter, a son of the king most high, of the one who breathed life into the universe. You are made from dust just like those around you. Which leads into the next part when he says, I do not occupy my things with too great, my, my, myself with things too great or too marvelous for me. Now, we are made from dust, brothers and sisters. We are finite. We have an ending. We have an expiration date. We don't know when that is. We don't know everything. Despite what these little gadgets in our pockets would make us believe, we can't understand and know everything. Despite you Googling something, you are not an expert on it. Like, we need to rest assured in our Savior and in our King that He is the one with infinite wisdom. He is the one that knows the paths of your life, the way we should go, the orientation of your life. It doesn't matter if it doesn't fit into the culture. It doesn't matter if it doesn't even fit into your church context. It doesn't matter if it doesn't fit into your home. If God said it, we can rest in that. We can know that that is true, and that is the way to peace. Oftentimes in this life, we're disquieted because we're even chasing peace. We're chasing things too great for ourselves. We're chasing something we can't obtain. Though Jesus in him promises us peace that goes beyond understanding. We can have that through 
resting in them, not having to seek and to understand everything that goes on around us. You don't have to understand the diagnosis. You don't have to understand where your life is going. You can't look to your pocketbook and your resources to understand and find joy and contentment. It's fleeting. It will leave you restless. It'll never be enough. Which leads to the second part of the psalm, which is that we find contentment with God is a way to peace in life. Contentment with God, it says this in verse 2, But I have calmed and quieted my soul, like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. When I hear this psalm, I always think about my daughter. You may have heard her in here. She is not completely weaned, but on the path to weaning. But that is a totally different type of child you're dealing with. An unweaned child, when they are hungry, scream, and they fret like they've never been fed before. It doesn't matter if they're a year old, a year and a half old, six months old, six weeks old. They will act like they've never been fed a day in their life. And that's how our souls can be, brothers and sisters. It's crazy to think the psalmist looked at this reality and said, that's how your soul is. It's like you've never been provided for. It's like God has not been providing for you your whole life. It's like God hasn't been watching over you. It's like God, the one who sustains the whole world, isn't the one holding you in the middle of his hands. That's how our hearts and our minds can be. We try to lash out and take control. We try to use ambition to seek greater things so that we can feel greater about ourselves. We do this and we become like the baby in our hearts. We scream and we fret and we don't trust in the provision of the mother that's right there next to them. But if you've seen a weaned child, they're at rest. They know food will come. They know if they ask for food, mom will give it to them. That is the way we want our souls to be. We can run to God and we can tell him through prayer that we need something. We want something. And he will provide what is right for you. The Father in heaven has an abundance of resources. It's enough for you. And it's enough for me. It's enough for us. I I think of when I hear this part of the psalm about the story of Abraham. And him and Sarah are traveling into Egypt. And they they run into the Pharaoh. And he loses sight of the promise that God had for him. And the first thing he does is he stops trusting in the provision of God. He starts thinking he has to do something on his own. He frets and he says, oh, this isn't my wife, this is my sister. And puts himself in a precarious position and also the, the, the land in a precarious position. But God, being the faithful God he is in the midst of that, in the midst of us trying to take control of the narrative, in the midst of Abraham acting just like we would have acted in fear, God stayed faithful and continued because we still have the promised people coming through the Abraham lineage. We still have that same story. God provided and they got more at the end of it. It's crazy, even in the midst of our fears, that God still loves us and provides even more for us. There's a Psalm 156, I believe it says that, when I am afraid, it's not if, it's when, when your heart is scared. When I am afraid, I trust in the Lord is what it says. I trust in God. Brothers and sisters, are you trusting in God this morning or are you trusting in your own understanding? Are you trusting in your own ability to accomplish Are you trusting in your own ambition? Are you trusting in your own resources? If so, you're going to be like a disquieted child, a child who's unweaned, screaming for food. God wants our souls to be at rest with him. God wants that. And so we have the third part. This is a confident expectation in God will quiet your soul. 
a confident expectation in God. What I mean by that is he says this, O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Hope in the Old Testament is this expectation, a confidence. You know God of Israel is going to provide for you. He is the one who sustained you. As they're making this treacherous journey, they're singing this psalm aloud, and you you notice the orientation kind of change. The psalmist is saying, oh, my heart is quieted. My eyes are not lifted. But now he turns and he says to the congregation, oh, Israel. So this part is where we talk to each other, and we share this hope that God is going to do. We share the testimonies of God's faithfulness to us throughout hard times. We share the hope that we have, the trust, that faithful trust in God. It is truly the cure of, of this problem. Faith in God is the cure of the disquieted soul. Faith, not just today, but from this time forth and forevermore. Notice he's saying that this is an active, continuing practice. And there's a, song, or there's a, a verse in Philippians, Philippians 2, 12 through 20, or 13, and it says this, You need to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you and with you for his good pleasure. But there is a work. That work in Greek is actually uh, where we get our word gymnasium. So you can like kind of smell the sweat in the term. You have to actually pursue faith. You have to actively trust in God. You have to actively remind yourself who God is and what he's done for you. You have to like make little mile markers. You know, the Israelites, they would build uh, Bethels and they would build worship centers and they would build rocks to remind themselves of where God has done things for them. You need to make note of those things in your life. But first, we have to calm down. This is a restful psalm. It's a joyful psalm. It's a psalm of satisfaction. It's satisfaction found in God. It's rest found in God. This hope comes from when we actually believe God is the God who he said he is. He's the God of Sabbath. He's the place where we find ultimate rest and salvation. That's where you're going to find ultimate rest is with your heart trusting God. So, brothers and sisters, I don't know if each one of you have, but if you don't, I want to tell you that you can trust in Jesus Christ today. And he can be your hope from today forevermore. He'll provide rest, peace for your soul, satisfaction for your life. Satisfaction that's not found in things around you, not in the material, but in the immaterial, in the soul, in your heart, in your mind. And he also provides outside of that, but he will most definitely provide for your soul. And this is the message that you and I, brothers and sisters of faith, get to carry out to our neighbors, to the people of Zebulun, to the people uh, that live next door in Hope or whatever, Spring Hope, or wherever you go, wherever you stay. This message is the message that we get to share, hope in God and hope in him today and forevermore. It's going to be hard days, brothers and sisters. That's what makes life difficult. That's what brings disquiet to our souls. Life is not easy. It never has been. People have lied to us to tell us life is easy, but it's not. It's hard. Sickness comes. Relationships break. Finances go. Finances come. Resources come and they go. People come and they go. People move. People we loved. People we, we were best friends with. Relationships break over something so small and petty. But this God doesn't do that. Our God, our Savior, our King wants you to hope in Him because He is a God of faithfulness. 
where we are finite, He is infinite. Where we are weak, He is strong. And brothers and sisters, we're not as strong as we think we are. That's that pride. Our hope, our expectation isn't in our strength. It's in the strength of our God. It isn't in our mental capabilities. It's in the wisdom of our Savior. This is the place that we hope today and we hope forevermore. Let me pray for us. Father, I, I don't know what people are carrying as they came in today. I don't know what burdens or what frustrations they have. But God, I pray this morning that you would let them lay them down at your feet and that you would let them hope in you. God, help them trust in you today. Father, I pray that this message of hope from this day forevermore would set ablaze Zebulun for you, Jesus. Father, I pray that Corinth would be the place that that starts. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.